You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. You can get your copy from the link in the description. Myself, Mamoutsi, alongside me as always, the three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing, my brother? Oh, man, it's a beautiful day, real name, no gimmicks. Talking to Mo about a little basketball, so uh, I, I can't think of a better place to be. It's, it's a beautiful day. It's my birthday today, so what I wanted to do... Oh, is... wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> uh, hold on. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to... You know, be one of the first. I, I, I'm sure I wasn't the first, <laughs> if, you know I mean. I mean, <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Kid is family to friendly you, here. <laughs> yeah, to wish you a happy birthday, my brother. Thank you, thank you, bro. And on behalf of our listeners, our audience, you know, everyone, please wish Mo a happy oh, birthday. That's love, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely. Another year older, not much wiser, still not a millionaire so we keep grinding so what i wanted to do i looked at it and, and what's crazy is my birthday is the ninth day of the 11th month mm-hmm. but your birthday is the ninth, the ninth day. day of the ninth month of right ninth month. so yes. so i thought okay cool um who are the best nba players that we share a birthday with and could you make a starting five from the players born on your birthday and then i looked it up and there's already ever been seven players born on the same day as me to play in the NBA regardless of year they are and (laughs) John Battle who was born in 1962 I played against John Battle okay Uh, Anthony Bowie Anthony Bowie Bowie is that how you say it yes okay yes Anthony Bowie played against him when was he born 1963 yes Mel Davis Oh, Big Mel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Born Mel. I didn't play 1950. Mel. He only played four years in the NBA. Or yeah, didn't play against Mel. Mel. Didn't play against Mel. But I knew Mel. Good man. Uh, Marcus Garrett, who played 12 games in the NBA. Okay. Uh, born in 1998. Mohamed Gaye, G-U-E-Y-E. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, What's currently. his name? What's his name? Mohamed Gaye. Gaye? Gaye? I don't know. How you spell it? How you spell it? G-U-E-Y-E. Guai, oh, I don't, I don't know. Sure. Apologies. Rookie um, on the Hawks, born in two thousand and two. That makes me feel super old. Uh, Frank Selvi, born in nineteen thirty-two. I doubt you will have played against him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 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 and Trendon Watford, born in two thousand. Um, okay. So not the most talented squad, but on your birthday, uh, BJ, you actually rank as the number one player born on your birthday. Oh really? Yep. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Number two okay. is Shane Battier. Oh, Shane, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Yep. What up, though? What up, uh, though? A little bit further than Detroit, Davis Bertans. Oh, no, Darius Bertans. That's Davis Bertans' brother who played 12 games in the NBA. Okay. Um, Lance Blanks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just lost Lance. We just oh, lost wow. Lance. Rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. We just lost Lance. Um, well, a real throwback Frank Curran, born in 1922. Played two years in the ABA. Uh, Walter okay. Davis. Oh, wow. We just lost We just wow. lost the Greyhound. Peace, yeah, we just we, recently. Oh, man, that's, that's crazy. It's a sad coincidence that all these guys listed. Uh, Steve Downing, born in 1950. Josh Gray, who played seven games in the NBA so far, born in 93. Alvin Jones, Warren Kidd, Dan Magerly. Oh, Dan Marley. Is that how you say it? 
Yeah, from from Michigan. Yeah, Dan that's Marley cr- played with the Phoenix Suns. Played against, he played for the Phoenix Suns. Yes, I've never registered every time I've read his name that is the same guy that I've seen <laughs> in, yeah. in old videos. Yeah. I'm Dan just Marley, thinking, who yeah. the hell is Dan Madgley? I've never seen him before. Yeah, yeah, oh, Dan, Dan Marley. Marley. Yeah. Oh, shout out yeah. to him. Um, yeah, Theron Marley, Mays, yeah. Luke Mbarmute. Oh, really? Yeah, I just saw Luke recently in in New York. Uh, New York. Yes, New York. yeah. Um. A, a real cool one here, J.R. Smith. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. J. Jordan Nawara, um, who was on the Bucks just last year. And then a okay. bunch of other guys that played a couple games here and there in, in the oh, NBA. Wow. Um, so I think your birthday crushes mine. But I, I got thinking, um, and I thought, statistically, when is the best time to be born if you want to make it in the NBA? Because I was reading a book hmm, called Outliers. Hmm. Well, well, so, I, was, uh, uh, <laughs> I was reading a book called Outliers okay. by Malcolm Gladwell. And in hockey, in Canadian hockey, players born in January, February, and March have a disproportionate advantage over the rest of the people born in that same year. And, and if the you reason look, being, and the reason because, being, because their season goes from January to December, that's their cutoff point, right? So they are. A player born in January can be 11 months older than a player born in December. So he has an 11 month advantage through the school system, meaning he's 11 months stronger, 11 months bigger. So he's more likely to get recruited by colleges and then more likely to obviously by the time you make it to professional, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he evens out. But to get to that stage, hockey players born at the start of the year are disproportionately at an advantage over those born later in the year. And if you look at all the data of the best hockey players, um, they are all born January, February, March, and maybe a few in April. So I figured. Theoretically, if that logic applied to the NBA, it should be people born in September, October, November. Um, but clearly, I didn't make it to the NBA. The people born on my birthday clearly aren't that good. Um, so I looked up the stats, and um, the best time to be born, if you want to be drafted into the NBA, is February and March. Which got me thinking, so the relative age effect is what it's called, and it's clearly present in the NBA to some degree. Um over the last 25 years, we can see that um, the majority of players who make the all-star team were born in March by a big stretch, and the least were born in September, surprisingly. Um, so players born in February and March have the highest statistical chance to make it to the NBA and get drafted. I I don't know why that is, because uh, the cutoff point is September. So you'd think it's September, but then it just made me think, well, maybe because football season ends in February. So kids born around end of February, start of March, when it's around their birthday is all-star and more people are talking about the NBA. So maybe they're just more excited <laughs> to play basketball as kids than players born in September who want to watch the NFL for their birthday. I don't know. I don't know, but that's that's the data. Uh, okay, well, well, once you figure that one out, would you please get back All to I know is know. if I was to ever have a kid i'm gonna make sure it's born in february or march so minus nine months from then and that's go time but let's get into today's episode okay by the way any of your kids born in february or march yes there we go future nba stars could be on the way from the armstrong family Um, but we got some questions from our amazing listeners who have put their questions (laughs) in the discord server yeah uh, so you did it by accident. You did it by accident, right? <laughs> he didn't plan that, but here we are. 
Uh, we got some wonderful uh, listeners who submitted some questions to our Discord server. Um, and the first question from 11CJR says, if you put a prime BJ Armstrong into today's NBA, what would his stat line be? You know, I, I, I seem to get this question a lot lately. You know, it's it's been like a recent thing. And I've never thought about it until... You know, it, it keeps reoccurring. I, I think about it every night, and I know for a fact my stat line would be DNP, 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 oh, okay. so on and so forth. Um, well, I can, I can, I would assume if I were playing today that I would have a different mindset than I had than the one that I'm, that I knew. Yeah, I would assume now that this version of the NBA was much different. I mean, I've never played in this version, but I mm-hmm. would assume that it's much different just on the way I look at it. So I think I would have adapted. I would have adjusted and it would have been a different game. However, the NBA that I knew and the NBA that I'm seeing, I don't think it's possible for me to convert over to the way they play today. Like I don't well, you, see your entire just... growing up would have to be adjusted to training for yes. today's NBA. Yeah. And you know, and, 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 and for instance, like the whole concept of training to me seems flawed, right? I'm training, <laughs> but I'm not playing <laughs> like that. doesn't make sense to me. Like I, I watch players train in this generation, but I don't watch players play in this generation. So I, I I have a hard time. I don't know if, if, if I I would hope if I were to play this generation that I had no acknowledgement of the previous generation. Yes, because it seems very obvious to me the difference of the game itself. Not not that one was better than the other. So for instance, you and I do this show together. Well, if we're doing something together then we have to work together. We have to think together. We have to coordinate together. We have to do things and say, okay, what are the, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? How are we going to make this work? Da, da, da. Today's game doesn't require that. It's just like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do me like he- that. It, Pete BJ Armstrong, best season was 15 points a game. Uh, There's a season where you shot uh, 45.3% from three. Uh, The most threes you ever averaged for a season was three a game. Nowadays, players get up three threes in the first three minutes of the game, right? But but let me, I I think you could easily give them 20, 25 points a night if you played today. Easily. Yeah, well, I I said, but it requires a a different mind. Okay. I can't even imagine. Listen, I play basketball my whole life mo i never just dribbled up to the three-point line and just shot it like mo, mo, i'm not saying in my nba career not in my college career mo i never just dribbled up to the line with a heat check and say let me see what i got going tonight okay like, well, well well there's things well, i'm gonna have, need I've, you to use your imagination for part two of this question because ag okay. wants me to follow up with if prime bj armstrong was seven foot tall what would oh. he average in today's NBA? Okay, now I and now that's a fun question because Mo, the next and when I come back, then if I have to come back the next time, here, <laughs> you know, 
I'm coming back. It's it's like over seven feet for sure. So so am I. Yeah, for for sure. Now, I want to come back to a place where I first of all I just have excellent coaching because mm-hmm. I'm convinced that seven footers, you 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 have to have an so, imagination. So, to so coach. you want to grow up in Europe then, BJ? Uh, I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> I mean, the USA I'm producing. I mean, you've got Chet, and that's really well, it. Well, I, Which I, other seven footers say, are coming well, out of the well, US? I mean, we've. Produ- I'm just saying we've produced some seven footers who were pretty good. Like you I'm, know, I'm talking Kareem about now. I'm talking about now though, because well, we're talking about goes, if you play today. Everything goes in cycles. Everything goes in cycles. The game. The game has changed. Now the game has changed, and to the, the credit in Europe. Especially in the the region, Serbia the Balkans, and that region, the, the Balkans over there. Shout out to the Balkans. They have maintained what I consider the proper spacing on the floor by utilizing a big. Right? They just didn't expand them and make them into a stretch five. They, the bigs remain bigs for the proper spacing on the floor. Now, so that region maintained it and. By coincidence, they just happen to produce, you know, Jokic and and others, Vladi Divac and you know Sabonis and and those guys have come from that region. Okay, there's there, there but there's a couple other things that you need, right? You need the facilities. You need you want to have the sp- accessibility to play a versus the best player and so forth. So there's a lot of things, and I don't have anything against anywhere in the world. However, you want to play where the best. Well, the best is here. So you may start there, but you got to play here. And you have to play. Hopefully, you'll play and you'll have excellent coaches that value what you do. So give shout out to Coach Malone and the Denver Nuggets, who actually didn't try to force our guy Joker to be a stretch five. Mm -hmm. Like, think about that. Think about if... And I'm just using him as an example. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> he wouldn't have got minutes. That's he, what I'm saying. Seven like, seconds or less. He didn't get into halfway line. <laughs> so I was just saying, so you have to, a lot of things have to line up for you. However, you want to play against the best. And the NBA is the best league in the world for basketball, without question. So I would, if I was a seven footer, I, I would just want to have excellent coaches because there is a relationship that seven footers or bigs have with their coaches that to me is way different than any other position. Like when you hear bigs talk about their coaches, like when you hear Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talk about John Wooden, you go, that must have been a really special relationship. When you when you used to hear, let me ask instance, you this, because that's just sparked a question in my head that I got to ask you. Yes. Why are there not many big head coaches? See, I, I think I think there I think there's a flaw in the system. Because I, 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 okay. right now and you've got like why. Jawan Howard at Michigan, then you had Patrick Ewan. Yes, I think it's trying to I coach think the a little system, bit. I think the system is flawed. Why? Okay. Because the way we view the game is flawed. Like when we go to the game. What's the first thing you see people do? Everyone shoots the fadeaway three. Mm-hmm. Like if you say you play basketball, everyone will they'll they'll, they'll do their 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 shake and yep. dribble and then they'll shoot the three three two one. Okay, 
Well, I don't see anyone demonstrating basketball and go, hey, 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 BJ, check out my ability to get the position on the on the low box. Look like, at my drop see... step. Yes, yes. Look at my yeah. hook shots. Look at my no, ability to block out. Yes. You don't see that. So what you see predominantly, what you market in the game, is we have the best players, you know, they create, they stir the imagination. You know, like when you think of like Dr. J, for instance, when you think of Larry Bird, when you see Magic Johnson, when you see LeBron James, when you see the late Kobe Bryant, you know, those players like, wow, you know, Allen Iverson, you know, you'll see Steph Curry currently right now. Those guys, wow. You know, like, but you have to be a purist to really appreciate, you know, Jokic, right? You have to be a purist. Mm-hmm. When you when you watch, when you watch Giannis, right? I mean, it's 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 like you have to like really have an appreciation that this guy is really a seven footer doing things like this. Would you watch Wimbenyama? You know, you you know, if you're just a casual fan, you would say, well, he's seven five. Shouldn't he be good? He's taller than everyone. I mean, that's just, you know, Shaq. You admired Shaq because of his size, but you rooted for Allen Iverson. You know, it's kind of the David, and, <laughs> yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, you, David you know, and Goliath. So, like, it's David and Goliath. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's just a natural way. However, these, and I've said this for years, and I, and I, because I believe it, the bigs have been the last, the, in particular, the five men. They're the last position to adapt and adjust to small ball. There, this is the last position that has adapted, right? The ones well, well, which well, are the... This actually ahead. ties into another question that we have, which I think your answer will tie in with. And this question comes from my brother, please forgive me, I can't pronounce your name, Quig, Quake, C-U-I-G. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm so sorry, but let me know in the Discord. But he says, if you had to guess, what do you think will be the next development which will influence how teams play. The obvious one of the past decade being the use of three-point shooting and how valuable and expensive distance shooters have become. So does this lead into what you're saying about bigs right now and what's the evolution going to be from here on out? I think the the, the game is going to go to like, you're going to just need seven footers everywhere. I think that's where the game is going. I think Wemby versus KD was a preview of... Yeah, I, I a think whole the game, court full of those guys. I, I think the game will evolve to like length, size, right? I, I just think that the only way that the small guy will stay in the game and have an effect on the game is three-point shooting. So, But even think, then, the bigs can shoot threes now as well. So yeah, where's the is, advantage? Yeah. That's why I'm saying I think the game will evolve where you'll have Wimpinyama, Bobo, you'll just have Evan Mobley, Kevin Durant. You'll just have 10 seven footers out on the court because they will they're they are they have the size and length to affect the aspects that you know have impact on the game, right? They can defend, they can block shots, and now that they can shoot threes and pass. I just think now length is a is is a major factor. So you have a Steph Curry who's six three, or you have a seven foot Kevin Durant. Well, to me, it's obvious who has a greater impact on the game. It's just it's just 
It's just simple math. So I think the bigs now will eventually, and the game will go to where, you know, Jokic, Embiid. I mean, you could have Jokic, Embiid, Wimbenyama, Kevin Durant on the floor right now. And Chet. Chet Holmgren. They're, they're all skilled enough Ball to ball. play. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That, no, that's what I'm saying. Evan Mobley. All these guys can play on the floor right now. Yep. Giannis. So I just think it's just it's inevitable what's going to happen. And sooner or later, we'll just get to a point where, you know, we'll see my, you know, my ultimate Your dream. dream. And, and I hope it's, you're the you're the GM for that team that makes it happen. I, I, you know what? I, you know what I want to do, Mo? I, I'm going to speak this into existence, you know, watching the game. I just want to work with these players to get them ready, because if there's one thing that I see that's missing with today's game is. The preparation for this moment, because of the age, very few are actually ready for this moment because of how quickly they're getting here. It's not like a, they're, I mean, look, you're 19 watching this kid win Binyama. You, you know, like you're saying, wow, you know, this, this kid is doing this. However, Mo, in two or three years, when he physically matures, Think about how much better he's going to be than he is right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mentally matures as well. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's also, he knows yeah, what to do dude. when he's not on the court to get himself ready yeah, for the next game. That, that to me is, you know, look, we see the physical ability. But um, imagine right now, Mo, this young man, Wimbenyama. We see what he's doing versus Hall of Fame level talent. KD and all of these guys he's playing against now. Imagine, Mo, if he was playing against his age group and he's able to mentally be with people his age. See, that's that to me is the biggest key. That's the biggest difference. You know, you're 19, you're going to dinner with a 30-year-old guy who has kids and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, luckily or the Spurs don't really have many old guys yeah, on their yeah, team. Yeah. So but but, but then as you, you don't as have the start, leadership. As we talked about, as we talked about earlier when we first started, you know, like there's a huge difference in young people, 10, 11 months, you know, if as far as, you know, growing up. However, I think when you have young people that are hanging out with young people, I think emotionally that allows you to mature at the rate you are maturing at and you're around people your age and you solve problems with people your age and you do those things and mo the most important thing is we always talk about this i think it's important mo for the leadership you developing your leadership so when you have a 19 year old and he comes to a team where there's 25 26 year olds well you're 25 26 are you it's like your little brother is telling you what to do like that's not happening Mm -hmm. when you're 19 and one is 20 and one is 18. Now you're kind of the best player, the best here. You're trying to figure things out. I would say, though, that you need to have some older players to show them the ropes of life as an NBA player, you know, to take them under their wing somewhat. And because if oh, you're all would, figuring out at the I same time. I would love to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give pushback here. Okay. I'm so tired of people saying, let's get 
an older player to show the younger player. Well, how about this? How about we just get the older player? Because we we can just admit that the younger player doesn't know. Yeah. Like there's no replacement for experience. Yeah. So if 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 it was just as simple as, well, I'm gonna get this veteran to show this young guy. Well, you're basically saying this young guy doesn't know. Okay, but it's like think about all the times you hear players talk about young players uh, or players talk about when they were young, when they were on the same roster as all-time great players and or older players, and they learned by learning from example of getting to practice early. Or you know, I, I heard a clip of a podcast a player talking about their the older player on a team took them out and bought them a bunch of suits to wear for the game so that they could act professional, whatever they were saying, but. It's learning by example, because if it's just a bunch of kids, you could end up in a situation like the Grizzlies did last year. Okay. With, but, with, oh, and we were all talking about where's the leadership in the Grizzlies locker room. Okay. But he, here is, okay. Maybe I didn't say this. Here is, again, just my a point of view. If you're getting a veteran to show your young players how to do these things, translation. The guy probably shouldn't be in the league. Okay, that's what you're saying. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, if you're going to have a veteran, so all of these guys that you're talking about, these veterans, the reason veterans are important is because this is a league where performance is of a premium. That means that you have to have players who are ready and are still capable of contributing to the team. If you have a veteran where his only job is to show you something and you're playing, that's probably not a good thing for that young player. Why? It's because now the young player has a false sense of security. If you get a young player, a la Charles Barkley, and he is still second, third, or fourth, second, third, or fourth best talent on the team because Dr. J and Moses Malone and all of these guys mm -hmm. are on the team and they're, it's still their team. That's probably a good thing for a young yeah. Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. You follow me. So so the, to have mm -hmm. this the older star players rather than just uh, Udonis no, no, Haslam who's just sitting on the bench. and You have a, you have a, uh, you have a star player. So some veteran who's just been sitting on the bench and will never play What's his voice really like? You're not playing anyway. Mm -hmm. You follow so what I'm quality, saying? Yeah, it's, it's the performance quality of the veteran players you have rather than That's just why someone who's old. This is, Mo, this is why tanking has been the one of the worst things that has happened to this league because you took out what made this league the best league in the world. It's competition. It's, mm -hmm. com Mo, it's, com if you... If you discredit competition, you take out the fabric of what makes this league what makes this league great. Like, okay, if this young player is ready to play, so be it. So be it. However, what makes it great is the competition internally, the competition for getting minutes, the competition of learning how to lead, the competition of learning, like just going around the league for the first time. Mo, like, I don't care how, how good you are. When you go around this league for the very first time, it's a shock. 
It's a shock to your system. The Spurs are finding out that right now. No matter how good Wembenyama is, they're losing some games that... Like, they got blown out by the Pacers the other night. This is what I'm saying. Mo, like, there's no preparation for what this young man is about to go through. I don't care what they say. Like, yeah, he's talented, but there's going to... There needs to be, you know... You know, he's got to go through this. So, in the end, if you're going to utilize what this league is and what made it great is you got to have veteran players who are contributing to the team and they're playing that to me has been the biggest change from this generation to previous generations because i've never seen so many young players playing not because they're not talented they don't know the pro game. Mo, the pro game is only played in the NBA. When you in Europe, you don't practice the NBA game. No, it's different rules. It's different rules. You don't play the NBA game nowhere in the world other than in the NBA. Even when you're in college over here, it's a mm-hmm. different game. The G League is a different game. So why are these young people with no experience, they come right in and, and they start playing? Well, it's just kind of a thing now. Well, we we got to play. And then I'll get a veteran to teach him how to be on practice on time. Is the is that veteran playing? No, he's not playing, but he's a good locker room guy. That's culture. <laughs> I mean, Mo, you still, like, yeah. what or, team or has or that if, been on? If you're Miami Heat, you just write your culture on the floor and hope that they get it through osmosis. Um, well, I hear what Miami you're saying, Heat, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Miami, listen, the Miami Heat always have veteran guys who can play. That can play. I mean, they've always, I mean, Pat Riley, Pat Riley should be the one that should be answering this question because it's obvious. Well, let's get him on the show. How about let's that? Get him, uh, that let's that's get, my birthday present from you, BJ. We get Pat Riley on the show. How about uh, that? He, I mean, he is one of the true masters of culture. Like everyone says, oh, the culture, and we're going to, Pat Riley is, he, he's, he's mastered the art. He's mastered that art, by the way, without like lottery picks. That's what's been amazing about it. But we'll get into that later. Yes, sir. Well, that's today's episode. We'll be back answering more of your questions tomorrow or maybe even some next week. Um, So make sure you subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Then we'll be back on Monday with another episode with uh, our friend Parking Lot Perry, the deep shooter. Parking lot, period. Yeah, I that's, like that's that. going to catch on. I'm making that thing now, huh? Um, yeah, I, we'll I be like back that. with it. Um, appreciate you guys <laughs> tuning in. Um, and most importantly, until next time, get buckets. <laughs>